Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Blockhash Podcast. We have another great episode for you today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow wherever you are tuning in. Hold tight for just a second as we play a quick advertisement and countdown video while we wait for everyone to join. Thank you and we hope that you enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 324. Today, we have George, the founder of Wirt. Before we jump in and start talking about it, we'd love to learn a bit more about you and yourself as well. So what have you done in the space prior to, to Wirt and in the blockchain industry? Is this like your first go at it or have you been around for a while? I've been around for a while. I've... Uh... I'm in industry since 2013. I had my previous company uh, out of the UK called CryptoPay. Uh, it's uh, still up and running, one of the oldest uh, Bitcoin wallet exchange and a prepaid card issue. Uh, and I've been doing crypto since then. Like Even I've even started a bit earlier, 2012, uh, we were mining uh, Bitcoins, Litecoins, everything. And... Uh, then decided to do a um, venture, like a, a startup, uh, not just, just you know, to earn money rather than, you know, to, to build something. And we were very excited. Um, in 2020, I've uh, decided to part my ways with my old company and do something else, which is Vert. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about all the Web3 stuff. Absolutely. Um, tell me a bit more about Wirt as well. Uh, give me a bit of an overview of how it performs and functions and maybe what goal you guys are trying to achieve with it. Sure. Uh, the goals and functions are straightforward for the consumer. Uh, so the, we sell to businesses, so they integrate our solution. But uh, uh, the end result is that on a website, uh, there is a button that says i don't know buy crypto or buy nft or pay with card and upon clicking there is a model window or an iframe that uh gives the customer an ability to buy eth or any other underlying crypto or uh buy uh, an nft uh, directly from the smart contract so it can work as an um, on-ramp to uh to the wallet like a wallet top-up feature uh, so we also work with non-custodian wallets um, and it looks like the consumers are just topping up their uh, their, their wallets. Um, but it also uh, has the NFT checkout functionality. So uh, the consumer can go from, uh, from a credit card directly to any smart contract and uh, as a result get an NFT to their wallet. That's the that how it looks from the consumer perspective. So the goal was, uh, so we started out just as an on-ramp, so mm -hmm. people can buy cryptocurrency in 20, it was started in 2020. And uh, at that time, we already, I've already understood that kind of 
if everything is headed toward non-custodian, uh, non-custodial way, like um, everything is uh, through, everything is enabled through uh, smart contracts and Ethereum, everything is automated, the custody element is gone. So like uh, operating a custom, uh, custody wallet is a thing of the past. So everybody will need a buy crypto thing as a service. So we started out like that, uh, but eventually uh, what we saw is that, you know, the number one use case for crypto is payments and investments. So people buy crypto to and, and expect the value to appreciate, but there are other use cases. And uh, we saw that uh, more and more cryptocurrency is used as a transactional mechanism. So you buy crypto in order to buy something else. Like uh, you buy crypto to trade on a DEX, you buy crypto to buy uh, NFT, or you buy crypto to deposit to liquidity pool. So buying cryptocurrency is kind of like a preliminary step or transitory step. And uh, we thought that um, it would be nice if we can automate that. So automate buying and sending crypto to, uh, to a smart contract. Uh, to facilitate the purchase of the NFT. So the end goal was to reduce the friction, uh, not of buying cryptocurrency, but of, of buying the, the second line, like the, the final good, which is sold uh, for this cryptocurrency. Got it. So could this be designed for a traditional like e-commerce business as well? Or is this mostly focused on like the Web3 industry and being able to allow them to transact that way? Uh, so this is uh, specifically for Web3 industry. Okay. This is uh, the, the nature of our business is allowing the consumers to buy Web3 assets. Because if they want to buy normal assets on, on, on eBay or Amazon, they use um, other payment methods and other... Uh, payment platforms. Got it. Tell me more about the NFT checkout. I was looking into that and it was very fascinating um, being able to kind of like bypass not having to go to a centralized platform to buy an NFT, but being able to do it uh, directly to your following, your audience, your customer. It seems like a really cool use case. Can you explain that a bit more in detail as well? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so in 2020, we saw that uh, there's another use case of buying cryptocurrency. People are buying ETH to buy an NFT. And uh, I had a buddy at Variable at that time, and they've said that they want uh, uh, a payment provider to go directly uh, into a smart contract. So we created a system where a consumer pays with a card, but uh, the payment goes into the smart contract. Uh, with all the required input data, uh, and in a very clever way, the consumer gets the NFT directly to their wallet uh, from the marketplace's smart contract. And it seemed like a cool feature. In and um, at that time, nobody was doing that, and NFTs were not that big. It was end of 2020 before the hype. Uh, so we released that thing uh, in. Uh, March 2021, we went live with uh, the first NFT client and marketplace called Mintable. Uh, they were our first client and they were the first uh, uh, non-custodian and decentralized NFT marketplace with credit card purchasing option. 
yeah, so it works like uh, like a payment module or uh, a payment button that marketplaces can embed into their uh, websites, uh, as I've described through an iframe or a model window. Uh, and basically, they have to do one request to enable the, the payment flow. Um, and their consumer can do the checkout, enter their credit card details, their basic uh, basic details, and uh, get the NFT. The, the cool thing about it is that um, there's like many uh, small things uh, that makes it different, uh, like the huge limits and uh, like um, great UI and uh, exceptional KYC or no KYC pass rate. Uh, but one thing is that we process through one of the biggest payment providers in the world called WorldPay, and uh, we were the first NFT client for them. And uh, uh, they're processing us through a different, uh, it's called merchant category code. So we're not a crypto merchant, we're an NFT merchant, meaning that uh, all the payments are treated by the card networks like um, normal payment transactions like you're buying uh on apple store uh in-game assets i don't know points or um something in, in game right. like a normal thing and uh, not crypto at all so that allows uh around all the transactions to go through banks don't block those transactions because of high risk as it happens with crypto so yeah that's what we do nice i noticed some other features as well associated with the nft checkout um around helping a customer create a wallet so wallet creation as well as uh nft insurance you want to kind of explain some of those things that also yeah. kind of plug into it yeah so there are two uh two products are in works uh the insurance going to be announced and released uh most probably next week prior to nft and yc uh the wallet creation is uh, in progress and will be released after that so i'll start with the wallet creation it's easy it allows the consumer to do the checkout without a wallet so anybody without crypto and without nft uh oh, sorry anybody without crypto and without a wallet can buy an nft and on the background, we're going to create a non-custodian wallet uh, for the consumer. And after the purchase, they will have uh, uh, the freedom either to use that as a wallet or to withdraw that NFT to their own wallet or to export the private keys uh, to a wallet of their choice. It's not intended to be as a standalone wallet service rather than as a transitory mechanism for the consumers to have this first NFT purchased and then they get onboarded into the whole Web3 thing through wallets. And the second thing which is going to be announced uh, next week um, is uh, we call it a warranty. It's going to change the, mm -hmm. uh, the wording. Um, and it protects uh, the consumer against hacks of uh, smart contracts uh, that of underlying NFT contracts. So you, you remember Axe Infinity? hack and yeah. uh, this is the case that we're kind of providing your warranty against so imagine you buy an nft even if it's not super expensive uh, you don't want to lose it right and uh, uh, you wake up one day you open your wallet and there's no nft there or instead of nft there's some 
<laughs> something something is wrong and you or, or you cannot move the nft you cannot use it so uh we gonna um, cover that uh so we can make a claim and uh, receive 90 percent of the value nice is and this it's done some... with a partnership mm -hmm. with a normal like a regulated and licensed insurance provider mm -hmm. uh but we just don't call it insurance because it's not an insurance it's a warranty Got it. What insurance provider do you use, if you can tell? Oh, it will be public information uh, okay. in a week. So it's, oh, so you're going to announce it soon. Of, okay. Yeah, it's going to announce. It's going to be. It's a Hong Kong insurance. Uh, it. It's a big one, uh, well known in IT space. Cool. Is this primarily for like a web client, or can this be used um, in a mobile device potentially with some kind of an application? It can be embedded any way you want. Uh, because what is what is the payment module? It's uh, basically an iframe that you have to embed. You can embed it into a model window as a, in a pop-up. You can embed it like this way, like, like you know, when the screen, there's a hole in the screen and uh, mm -hmm. there's another website inside. Uh, or you can do it through web view on mobile uh, devices, both iOS and Android. Uh, it works seamlessly. Uh, the web, web view, it's really like, easy. And if you do WebView, uh, you have uh, native support of Apple Pay. So it's even better. Nice. How easy is this to set up? Is it something that's kind of plug and play and you can do it in a couple of steps after getting approved? Or do you have to, is there a bit of a technical aspect to it in setting it up? Uh, there's not a lot of technical aspects, to be honest. Um, we've seen clients like, like Mintable going live in three days. Mm -hmm. um, like you... There is some um, technical element because you can uh, you can change the colors and backgrounds and everything of the payment module, so you can customize it the way you like. Only thing that you cannot customize is fonts, but other than that, everything can be customizable. So you can play around it, and it can take some time. But other than that, it's like a really straightforward uh, one API call thing. Very cool. Is this something also that's just for companies and startups in the Web3 space, or could this also at some point maybe be for um, influential individuals or influencers or personalities that want to sell NFTs, or do you guys not want to go that route? It seems like it would be a good solution. Yeah, it can work with anybody. I mean, uh, we enable the consumers to buy NFTs. And those NFTs can be issued by anybody, by companies, by individuals, by artists. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And the only thing is that uh, uh, due to the nature of our business, we need that NFT to be sold on-chain. So right. we support only on-chain transactions for many, many reasons. Uh, but if uh, any celebrity has a website and on that website they have a um, NFT that is being sold uh, and it's done through a smart contract, then can easily... Uh, integrate our solution in like if it's a celebrity they should have a, a deaf advisor uh, and enable the purchase of those uh, NFTs and the good thing about it is that uh, uh, you as a small collection or as a celebrity or as an influencer do not need to only to rely on big marketplaces uh, for your NFTs to be sold you can sell it directly on your website without your audience leaving to OpenSea or, or other marketplaces. So it's kind of like keeping your audience with you. Right. I love that part. So like 
theoretically as a podcast, I could potentially use it integrated into like my website at some point, right? To sell maybe an NFT for the podcast um, or some kind of digital collectible. I could see that working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. It's uh, you can do a whole token gated experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many uh, smaller projects that do this as a service. Like you can create a storefront uh, where you sell uh, your NFTs and then provide a certain utility based on the type of the NFT that you sell. And consumer can sign in with MetaMask or with any other Web3 wallet. And depending on what NFT they've purchased. They have different uh, type of the content uh, unlocked, Got and it. It, it's free for you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to pay anything. I mean, you may you may pay fifty bucks or something to the service provider that does this NFT storefront, but other than that, it's like, yeah, it's it's your thing, and that brings you. Uh, oh, I didn't. I haven't thought about it. You are one of our ideal clients. Like that can. Yeah, bring man, you I could a, use it. Yeah, yeah, that can bring you as a, <laughs> as a, uh, as a, as an influencer, basically, closer to your audience because uh, creating a payment relationship between you and your audience is something unique and, and it's different, and you can you can craft it uh, in a very special way the way you want. Uh, yeah, that it can be really really cool. Yeah, I've I've experimented with NFTs quite a few times with my audience and they really enjoy it. It's just kind of tricky trying to figure out like a good like gateway for them to get access to it. And I've always used like OpenSea or Mintable and they're great. Um, but I, I'd love to have it more personalized, right? You know, come to my website or come into our channel and maybe there's a link or a place they can go, you know, kind of, you know, building around that experience. Yes. Um, so, you know, this is, it's really cool. I love the applicability of it. Um, how does compliance factor into this as well? Are there like a bunch of steps that you guys have to follow or do you have to record certain KYC or AML information? I know they're very picky in the U S about it. So I was just kind of curious, like, um, how do you guys go about navigating that? Yeah, that's a very good question. Actually, that's my favorite topic, but I'm, but that's not really interesting in web three anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two products, one of NST checkout and one is a crypto checkout or fiat on ramp it's called, it's called. So those are two separate products and are treated differently from the compliance perspective. So for the NFT checkout, the consumer do not need to do the full KYC, like documents upload, whatever. It's something from the past and it's kind of, uh, it breaks all the conversion rates and it's not really, it's not really cool. Um, the consumer consumers can buy uh, NFTs uh, up to five thousand dollars without any identification. They just need to provide first name, last name, uh, date of birth, uh, and uh, credit card details. That's it. Uh, for the crypto on ramp part, uh, yes, we do the KYC. Uh, we, as everybody else, uh, we do have though a simplified KYC option where. Um, depending on the transaction amount. Uh, we do not ask any document upload as well. So up to $1,000, consumers can buy cryptos uh, without any documents upload. But still, uh, we do some uh, some compliance and some KYC based on the information that the user provides. Uh, we do sanction screenings, uh, politically, exposed, politically exposed person screenings, 
and some other checks that are required. Got it. Tell me a bit about the crypto side of it too. Is that for people to buy some Bitcoin or Ethereum or crypto at some point if they want to, or to swap tokens? How does that factor in as a product uh, for you guys? It's just a, it's just a crypto purchasing tool. Okay. So you can buy ETH, Bitcoin, Matic, USDC, whatever, uh, in a non-custodian way as well. So you provide the wallet address uh, upfront. And when the, there's a successful credit card charge, uh, we send a crypto instantaneously. So in that sense, we're never in the custody of client crypto or client money, which makes us uh, agile. <laughs> and we are kind of like, that's in our DNA. We don't want to store anything that we are not required to store, whether it's money, crypto, or personal information. Uh, we just never over collect any data uh, yeah, it's kind of our our thing. Um, we also have a, something in the pipeline uh, for DeFi's, but I'll talk about it uh, later. Okay. Um, it, this kind of follows up, I think, back with the NFT checkout, maybe a little bit more than the crypto side of it. But do you guys have like a transaction fee or a sales fee associated with it? So if I had this set up and I was selling an NFT and they bought the NFT, like OpenSea would say, oh, you pay 2.5%, you pay 2.5%. Do you guys have a similar model or how does that work? Yeah, we have a similar model. We charge the consumer uh, per transaction, uh, we charge a 4% fee and that's it. We don't charge anything else uh, on top. And uh, But what's more important, we don't charge anything the businesses. So if a marketplace integrates our solution, we don't charge anything. Uh, we don't charge them anything. There's no like uh, deposits or security deposits or uh, rolling reserves or holds. Like basically, there's no financial commitment from the B2B client side. We treat them as uh, uh, honorable guests that uh, generate us uh, transactions. So why should we charge them any money? Makes sense. You want to foster those relationships, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want the only. There's only one. Um, not a compliance. Yeah, maybe it's a compliance. There's legal element that we do. Uh, we have to unfortunately assess uh, what NFTs are sold. So whether they are like, do they infringe any patents, or uh, is there any uh, verification process for artists, or uh, is the marketplace um, compliant with the uh, uh, IP protection laws and so on. Uh, that's the only thing that we have to do to uh, comply with car skin rules. They are very picky on uh, what consumers are buying online. You know, like uh, you cannot buy replicas online and you cannot buy uh, counterfeit items. So they we're following that logic for NFTs. Got it. What do some of your partners look like? Are you mostly working with like marketplaces? Are you working with startup companies? Um, what does that client kind of look like from the B2B mm, side? The sweet spot is marketplace because we can add a lot of value uh, specifically to marketplaces. There's like um, um, we treat marketplaces uh, not as a B2B clients rather than as affiliates, meaning that we don't have to do all the excessive checks and KYBs and like all that unnecessary and lengthy paperwork. And uh, we don't require seller KYC. So the purchasing option can be enabled for any 
uh, any item which is uh, on the marketplace. And uh, the only thing is that, that that item should be legal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, we we we, uh, we treat marketplaces as a normal B two B client. We also process uh, collections. So recently, there was a company called Stables that uh, has um, it's a French based um, NFT product of uh, PMU. It's one of the like really old uh, uh, French company, and they have like a this horse project online on Tezos network and it was their first drop and uh, we helped them to process a big portion of the drop uh, through a credit card transaction so people were uh, they were they, they were sold out of course and uh, yeah everybody were very happy there's very another cool. drop happening today uh, it's a Danish Danish from uh, artist from Denmark uh -huh. um yeah. and uh it's on not on tezos network it's on concordium blockchain uh ah, so, cool yeah i've worked yeah. with concordium quite a bit yes they're familiar with them yes so there's a drop happening today uh yeah we do very that cool. as well very cool is this like regional at the moment like is it in the us or just europe no, it's global. Or, we can, it we can global. support okay. any yeah we can support consumers from any country any country except from uh, high-risk jurisdictions and mm -hmm. those stuff. But it's like uh, we support now 188 countries, including oh, wow. the US. Yeah, so it's kind of a global thing. Very cool. Um, one more question before we kind of start wrapping up the episode. What does your guys' uh, roadmap kind of look like this year? I know you guys have uh, some things coming up. Um, is there anything you want to highlight that you want people to maybe be aware of that you guys are rolling out or features that you guys are working on or collaborations that you have? What do you want people to uh, keep an eye on? Uh, we're going to do, of course, we, we have a roadmap and uh, we're actually going to share the roadmap and I want to make it interactive so people can vote for features, do feature requests and uh, do everything like uh, in a proper startup way. I think it's going to be cool, uh, but on the roadmap we have, uh, you know, off ramp, uh, this wallet thing. Uh, uh, we have a, a platform for DeFi's, so people can. Okay, I'm going to sneak peek. So we want anybody to be able to sell their tokens, not just NFTs, but fungible tokens as well. Mm -hmm. Online uh, through a no chain transaction. So imagine if you're a small project and you issue loyalty tokens uh, to your clients. Uh, you want to be able to sell it, right? Uh, and you want your customers to buy it with a credit card or debit card. So we will provide a like an end-to-end -end platform uh, with a very small uh, setup fee. And anybody will be able to, um, to have a uh, module on the website where consumers will be able to buy those fungible tokens with a card uh, seamlessly. That and it's really all cool. going to happen without the comprehensive and very expensive listings on mm -hmm. centralized exchanges. No. Yeah. Very cool. There's a lot to look forward to. Do you guys have a community kind of built around this as well um, on maybe Discord or Telegram? Or are you guys social, pretty much on social media? We have on, so we are on social media. We have okay. Twitter, LinkedIn, everything. We have a Discord, for, but it's mostly for developers. Mm -hmm. It's a dev resource um we are starting to build uh the community 
and uh, yes, yeah, starting um, actually to become public and more accessible to people uh, through podcasts. And uh, we want to talk about everything. Like we have so many things to say. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a really cool solution too. I think that you guys are building out and it can be applied. in I think a lot of creative ways too. So it's going to be really good for community building aspects. Yeah. Um, where can people go to learn more too? Is it just the website? Is that the best place or do you yeah, have documentation it's, elsewhere? Uh, no, it's everything is on the website. There is a docs section. So there's mm-hmm. integration docs. Um, and we're going to update everything once, uh, once it's ready. We have, uh, several, uh, uh, educational uh, things planned, uh, like a series of articles. Um, it's going to be cool. Like, really excited. Nice. So you plan to do, like, articles, like, on a monthly basis or, or weekly basis? Or what does that frequency uh, look like? It's kind of um, uh, released based on the set. So, okay. like, a set of, like, uh, 10 very essential articles about what is NFT. But not uh, from the just... Uh, consumer perspective rather than uh, from the business perspective or are aimed at uh, product managers and uh, innovation managers at brands to help them navigate uh, the noise. Nice. Now that sounds exciting. I'll, I'll look out for those articles. Be sure to send one my way too. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, one more question that just pops into my head. How do you guys come up with the name too? words? Is that, oh, that significant? Uh, yes. So this is a very good uh, question. Uh, actually, that's our second co-founder came up with a name. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, she's not on the call. Um, but uh, so it's a German word for value. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of a central word in uh, Karl Marx's uh, alternative uh, economic theory. Uh, it means value. And it's very important that if you... Like everybody's trying to disrupt everything, right? Uh, and all the fintechs are trying to disrupt money, right? But it's very important to go and learn why the things are the way they are right now, and uh, in, before disrupting, uh, maybe there are some things that are, you know, work okay. Maybe there's some things that don't need disruption. So we wanna. With all the cryptocurrency thing, you know, it's very interesting and uh, it's very interesting to, to, to see how exchange value, uh, intrinsic value, uh, currency value are linked um, to each other. Because right now, like things like uh, the dollar value, mm-hmm. they, disappear, they tend to disappear. And uh, how you store value is a very interesting thing. And what is the value itself? Uh, like, look at what is happening right now in the world. Cryptocurrencies are like volatile, but even normal currencies are becoming volatile. And uh, everybody is relying on dollars and euros. But it seems that in the long run, there will be something else. Maybe it will be Bitcoin, but maybe it will be something, another type of a currency uh, that will be used as an international uh, store of value. What do you think that is just philosophically, theoretically thinking about it? Like, do you think that there will be some international global currency? Do you think it could be Bitcoin, maybe a CBDC, maybe something else? Do you have a theory? Mm, I, to be honest, don't know. But uh, it may be something that, in my opinion, money 
is a representation of energy, but not um, not electricity. But you know, you've made some, you've done some work, uh, you've spent some energy, uh, and it's uh, time based, but also energy based, right? You've done some work. You've, I mean, you've invented something, mm -hmm. or you've uh, you've cut some grass, but still you've done some work and you've uh, uh, you've spent some energy. And for me, money is kind of an accumulation of reward that you get for the energy that you've spent. So it's kind of like a, a manifestation of a human capital thing. So I think there are going to be a lot of different uh, types of money in the world. We're moving towards uh, something else, uh, not a dollar-based economy, but probably something multi-currency world and it's all going to be fluid meaning that uh, you'll have to be uh, in contact with with what's happening so to shift quickly from one thing to another yeah i think fluid and multi are good words to use um you know you see it in cryptocurrency like there's thousands and thousands of them last time i checked there's like 10 15, 20,000. It's crazy. The, the number just keeps going up every single year. Um, and, you know, with fiat evolving and getting more liquid and fluid as well, uh, whether it's through digital sovereign currencies or CBDCs or something like the digital yuan or a digital dollar or a digital euro, everything will move so much faster and so much seamlessly. And I think it would be crazy to think that it's not going to be like a multi currency world um so i think there'll be a little bit of everything for the most part it, yeah i also think that there's one thing uh, you know crypto liberated money in a way mm -hmm. that you can move your money the way you want to and you can store it the way you want to and nobody can take it away from you uh but there will be another uh wave uh when blockchain technology uh, will liberate assets and I'm talking about not only tokenization, but uh, not, not only tokenization of uh, unlisted assets, but also listed assets. For example, there will be um, tokens which are linked to not to USD rather than to a price of Apple stock. Right. And uh, it's going to change the way we invest, store, and you know, change everything. And how programmatic it can be, and uh, you know you can program your portfolio to do a daily payout to your crypto wallet, uh, and then link that crypto wallet to a, a instant issue prepaid card. So whenever there's a I don't know daily appreciation, you go and uh, spend it. Absolutely, I actually saw this really interesting article by an analyst at Citigroup the other day where they're talking about how they believe, you know, most of the financial and asset markets in the world will be fully tokenized by like 2030, like in the next 10 years. It's really fascinating to think about because if that happens, you know, the idea of money kind of changes in a lot of ways. Like it's, you know, you're spending gold or you're spending oil, you're spending uranium potentially backed <laughs> by a token. And it sounds yeah. crazy to think about like, oh, I can't buy a coffee with uranium, but you could. You can. Yeah, yeah. You could. And uh, that's the beauty of it. Like tokenization and everything is fluid and uh, it's a multi-currency world. And also just imagine 
how easy and cheap it will be to manage your money and you know all the revenues that are earned by big financial companies not only banks but uh mutual fund managers and pension managers all those little fees that they charge they accumulate to billions of dollars per year and uh, with uh, smart contracts and program programmable money uh, a big portion of it will disappear it's kind of a you know like mm-hmm. trillion, like I don't know, billions of dollars in revenue. Uh, there's you don't want to spend it anymore. I mean, everybody, it's a win-win for everybody. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, we're moving into a very interesting era. I think a lot of people like the debit, like the fourth industrial revolution, but it's more like the the financial revolution in a lot of ways. I don't know. It's yeah. fascinating. It is. It is. Anyways, George, really appreciate you taking the time and sharing what you guys are doing with Word. Um, I think you guys have a really fantastic product and use case, and I'm excited to see you guys grow and expand it. So thank you for sharing it today. Um, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.